Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, June 30, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. End of the month, end of the quarter, end of the half year, finally over. It's been light volume for the last three days in particular. The market's been basically non-existent in terms of participants, volume, activity, price action, all that stuff. As you can see, today's candle from high to low wasn't a lot different from yesterday. So obviously from a daily chart perspective, there's no change. However, I'm not the type of person to just say, well, nothing happened today, so we'll skip the video and move on. I don't do that. I think there's always something to learn Today, I'm going to bring forward something that I've been looking at for a while. I haven't talked about it in a while. I think it's appropriate. I think the time is right. We'll get to that later. Let's just cover the daily chart. Is anything jumping off the page? And the answer is no. The market's been in float mode for several days. It's a grinding, floating, melt-up type operation. We talked about it several days ago trading up or at least floating out into the end of the month, the quarter, the half year, was kind of normal garden variety market behavior. So we're not surprised that they didn't do anything except basically float around. We have the 4th of July holiday weekend coming up. Therefore, the market is closed next Monday on July 5. And so leading up into a holiday weekend, we'll generally see light volume So therefore, for the next couple of days, Thursday and Friday of this week, don't be surprised to see more of the same. Might not happen, but using the 80-20 rule under normal garden variety market conditions, we're probably going to see more of the same over the next two days. There's really nothing to see even when we move over to other charts. Here's the 240-minute chart. The trend is your friend until she throws you out the second-story window. Same thing on the daily chart. It's just a grinding, melt-up operation in no man's land at new highs. That's it, period, full stop. The 120-minute chart, same routine. They're just going sideways, essentially building energy for a move higher. Now, when they do this, eventually, one of these flag patterns, building energy for another move higher patterns, will fail, but we don't count on a failure, we don't guess at a failure, we don't anticipate a failure, we recognize one when it's happening, until then, the trend is your friend, period. Hourly chart, same routine. There's no change. I wanted to do a thorough analysis of the SPY, just so we're not missing anything, and we're not. Also, there's something else that we have to discuss. A picture of the S&P E-mini futures contract. This one is the September expiration. And the only thing I want to point out is where we are on the chart. 4290, 4291, 4300 is the next big fat round number. It's magnetic. It's drawing price in. We talk about that each and every time we approach one of those fat round numbers. And that just is the way the market works from a psychological perspective. Maybe they go up and come up a point short overnight tonight. Maybe they spike it through by five points overnight tonight. Maybe it happens on Thursday or Friday. Either way, under normal garden variety conditions, we should see the market, the ES market, the futures market, at least reach 4,300, if not more. 
If they don't, and they start trading away, that's a bit of an ominous sign as big fat round numbers and ominous signs go. It's not a hard and fast rule. I'm just letting you inside my head, which is a dangerous place to be, as you're well aware. And also, as you're aware, I like to look at a lot of things that other people don't look at. Time frames on various charts, various markets that are away from the market we're looking at. Sometimes they could be a good leading indication, a lagging indication, no indication. Either way, I like to look around the horn. You never know what you're going to find. Here is a picture of the RSP, which is the S&P 500 Equal Weight Index. Let me explain the difference between this and the SPY. There was a point in time where we used this quite a bit for a gauge on whether or not the S&P was as healthy as it might appear on paper. I haven't shown it a while, but I look at it all the time. The difference is, as it says, this is an equal weight index. So in the S&P 500, we have 500 stocks, pretty garden variety stuff. But the S&P 500 and the SPY, which is a mirror image of the S&P 500, they're not equal weight. It's completely misweighted along with just about everything else. We talk about this quite a bit in the Qs. This one's even worse, where the Qs, like 40 or 45% is accounted for on the top, let's say, six, seven, eight stocks. That's kind of a joke in and of itself. Here's an example of what the top holdings are inside the SPY. This is not magic. This is right out of Yahoo Finance. It's public information. Top 10 holdings account for 26.39% of total assets. So that's all we need to know. What we need to know is it's not equal weighted, and therefore we have the top stocks that are actually carrying the S&P 500. Here's a weekly chart of Apple. It's not at new highs, but it's pretty close. Certainly from a long-term and weekly chart perspective, it's in an uptrend. Second one on the list, Microsoft, all-time highs. Amazon, not at all-time highs, but not far away in an uptrend weekly chart near all-time highs. Facebook, all-time highs. Google, all-time highs. Berkshire Hathaway, not all-time highs, but in an uptrend, the weekly chart is still okay. It just recently came off all-time highs. JPM, not all-time highs. This one might be telling a different story, but this is really the first one that is below its 20-period moving average. Tesla, maybe telling a different tale. J&J, &J, not bad, hovering around the 20-period moving average, but still in a long-term uptrend, not far away from its all-time highs. What we didn't see out of the top 10 holdings, which remember account for over 26% of the S&P, we didn't see any broken charts whatsoever. Now, we get back to the RSP and we wanna further explain. First, without going through another 490 charts, when you look at a lot of other things inside the S&P, you see a lot of broken charts, you see a lot of charts that are in a downtrend, below moving averages, all kinds of stuff. Now, you come over, and by the way, that speaks to the internals of the market, meaning a number of stocks, for example, that are above or below their 50-day moving average. Number of stocks comparing the advancers to decliners. A lot of the market internals are not what they seem to be when you look at the daily or weekly chart of the SPY, or the monthly for that matter. But that's okay, we don't have to go see and look for the internals. 
This is what we can do. We can say, all right, if the S&P 500 weighted equally across all 500 stocks was as healthy as it looks from the SPY, then the RSP should look similar to the SPY. But that's not what we have. What we do have is a high that was made back in May. We're almost, we're coming up on two months removed from the high. They made another attempt to break out and make another high in early June, but guess what? They failed. They never got to the high, and they went down. Now, they're all of a sudden potentially making another lower high. I don't want anybody to misunderstand what I'm discussing here. What I'm saying is, I'm looking at a market that's not as healthy as the TV and as the S&P 500 would want you to believe. I know that. Many of you know that. But price is the absolute arbiter, and the market keeps going up. Certain stocks keep going up. Every pullback is met with a series of buyers, and they move on to new highs. But when you look at this, you say, all right, well, listen, either one of two things is going to happen. Either the rally is going to have to broaden out, and some of the stocks that are not performing today inside the S&P 500 will have to turn around. They'll have to be some more sector rotation. They'll have to buy up the stuff that's underperforming, broaden out the rally, and that's the way the RSP will make new highs. Here's the way I'm looking at it. And by the way, that's completely possible, but here's where it is. It's in the 20% of the 80-20 rule. So don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying the market's going to roll over tomorrow. What I am saying is the market's still going to roll over. I just couldn't figure out when it was going to happen. So what do we do with that information? We don't do anything until we see the market give the sign or signal of a trend change. I know it doesn't feel like the market's ever going to go down, but that's part of the design created by the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew. Not only is their job to make as many investors and traders look like fools as much of the time as possible, but their job is to also make the bears in the market give up and throw in the towel, and have the bulls believe that the rally will continue forever. And I have to tell you, they're pretty close on both counts. At this point, it kind of seems like it's going to be some kind of black swan event that hits the tape. Who knows when, who knows how, who knows what. Could be anything under the sun, or it could just be the next earnings season, which incidentally gets underway mid part of July, and therefore, we could certainly get some movement, increase volatility around earnings season. Not trying to pick out a day. I'm just giving you what I see, letting you inside my head and inside my charts. IWM, any change? Not so much. Still have some lower highs here, but it's not a uniform lower high scenario. So it's more of a chop shop formation on the daily chart. It's up, down, up, down. Up, down. Sounds like a series of push-ups when you're in the Army. And when you look at the weekly chart, they're riding the 20-week moving average. You know that's important because they've been riding it. When and if they give it up, that's going to be a good night, Irene type of scenario. But it's not just giving up the 20 that we're watching. Some folks may be just watching the 20. They've already been back and forth through the 20. What we're really watching is the breakup candle low, 217, 67, that hasn't changed. So when they give that up, that's the good night Irene. It'll look like they gave up the 20 and that was the good night Irene, 
but there's a select few that'll know what the real number is that they actually gave up. Folks down at the transportation department, no change. And I have to tell you, think back to the picture of the RSP and then think to the transportation department people and you have to say, well, if this is my second favorite market leading indicator, a number one favorite canary in the coal mine, what do we have? Well, we're not leading to the upside, so the transports are not signaling that there's another leg or a fresh new leg of new highs coming. They're riding the 20-period moving average, but they're riding it in a bearish, flaggish formation, at least so far. It's only been a couple of weeks, but that's what's going on. This is the weekly chart of the SPY at new highs. And this is my favorite market-leading indicator, a number one canary in the coal mine. So one of two things is happening here. Either it's a pullback and there's going to be another leg to new highs, and that means that everything's going up. Or this is the canary in the coal mine signaling there's trouble in paradise, and if they give up the 20-week moving average, that's going to be the ultimate tell. I would write that one on a sticky note. The Qs at new highs, similar to the S&P 500 weekly chart at new highs. There's nothing you can do with this other than wait for the market to give you a sign or signal of a trend change, character change, some kind of change. Remember, this is a top-heavy weighted index. It's worse than the SPY. It's almost like the Qs are trading a basket of like seven stocks. Then we have a picture of the XLF, which represents the financial sector. Traded up into the convergence of moving averages, couldn't get through yet. Going sideways, so they may be building energy to push through. They have a breakdown candle high to contend with, and then another one to contend with. But if they do get above the convergence of those moving averages, that will immediately turn the trend back to positive on all accounts. Same story with the weekly chart that we just discussed with the transports. Is it a pullback into the 20-week moving average and we're going to have new highs and everything's going to be reflated along with it? Or is the financial sector trying to indicate there's trouble on the horizon and it's in a position of leading to the downside? We don't know yet, but the 20-week moving average is certainly our gauge. About Smash Mouth, pretty good proxy for the tech space as a whole. New highs. So tech is at a new high, Smash Mouth is at a new high. NVIDIA, which is a component of Smash Mouth, is at a new high. Tremendous run for this stock. Helps to explain Smash Mouth. Taiwan Semiconductor is the largest holding in Smash Mouth. So it's interesting, not at a new high, struggling to maintain itself above the 20-week moving average. The monthly chart has a tail candle, sign and signal of a trend change, was pretty far from home base. And when I go back to look at the weekly, I could certainly make a case that this is one of them there wedge patterns that will result in an ensuing move to the downside. ASML, new highs. Stay with me, there's a method to the madness. Three stocks that we just looked at, Taiwan Semi, NVIDIA, and ASML account for about 30%. What's going on with Intel? How come Intel's not at a new high? Isn't it the leader of the semi-space? What's the story here? We have one of these bearish, wedgish kind of things. Again, they generally result in an ensuing move to the downside. What are they going to do? Test 45? Would that create a market symmetrical pattern? Where do you learn about that? How about the course Lazy E-Mini Trader? 
about Qualcomm. This is in the SMH index. It's also got one of these bearish wedgish patterns. So you can see that even though the SMH is trading at new highs, not everything is participating. I wonder what an equal weight semiconductor exchange traded product would look like. Hopefully you got something out of a different look today. I thought we would look around the horn at some different things that we normally do, get a fresh perspective. My take is, and this is in my humblest opinion, my take is this is the right time for market participants to be on guard. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.